Luke chapter 17, and uh, we've got 10 verses that I want to read. It's fairly lengthy, but I want to give you the whole context. We are continuing our series on I faith if, if being the operable word, uh, meaning it's contingent upon us what God will do. Luke chapter 17, verse 1. If you wouldn't mind standing in honor of the Word of God, trust you've got your paper Bibles with you or your devices, your phones. But uh, if you don't, you can look at the screen. Luke 17 and 1, I'm going to read quickly. Then said he unto, his, unto the disciples, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. Okay? In other words, you will have offenses come to you as believers. It's, it's, it's part and parcel of living for God. But woe to him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. There is a huge responsibility on us to not be the source of offense for the little ones or the young ones. Take heed to yourselves if your brother trespass against thee, rebuke him, and if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to you, saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. And the apostle said unto the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto the sycamine tree, be plucked up by the root and be planted into the sea, and it shall obey you. And then Jesus gives this little parable that I want to include in our reading here this, today. In verse number seven, but which of you having a servant plowing or feeding cattle will say unto him by and by when he has come from the field, go and sit down to meet. And will not rather say unto him, Make ready wherewith I may sup and gird thyself and serve me until I have eaten and drunk. And afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Doth he thank the servant because he did the things which were commanded him? I trow not. I say not. So likewise ye, when you shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say, We are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do amen the disciples request when jesus gave them uh, these instructions was lord increase our faith i want to talk to you this day on this idea increased faith we have a couple of prayer requests here uh, of fairly critical situations uh, sister debbie has pancreatitis pancreatitis and he's in a lot of pain. Uh, Sister Elizabeth's work friend, a colleague, uh, is, on IC, is in ICU on life support, and the doctors don't know why. Her name is Jean Benson. And Isabella's manager's husband has cancer, finished chemo treatment, and doctors thought he was gonna go into remission, but the cancer has returned. So let's pray. His name is Mick. We believe in a God that can perform healings and miracles father in the name of jesus we bring these precious people before you your handmaid and sister debbie lord god we're asking you to heal her of this pancreatitis 
in her in her body lord that's causing pain right now we command this sickness to go we take authority by the power that's in the name of jesus christ for this healing to take to be uh, taking place in her body uh, for uh, sister elizabeth's uh, colleague's niece lord god who is uh, in icu we pray for healing for jean and for isabella's manager's husband lord god make we ask you to bring a miracle against this cancer against every sickness and malady by the authority of jesus name we speak healing right now Lord God, all the others that are sick today, for Brother Clint, we pray for Brother Clinton. We ask you to heal his body in Jesus' name. For others, Lord, we think of our churches down in Victoria. We pray, Lord God, that you would recover, Lord God, and bring them open up again, that we can meet, they can meet together once again. And Lord, for your preaching, the ministry of your word here today, we ask you to speak to us one more time. We pray that you would have your way. Open our hearts and minds. Have your way in this house. In Jesus' name amen amen praise god let's clap our hands one more time thank you jesus for your goodness and mercy god bless you you may be seated one of the hard sayings of jesus we find quite a lot in the gospels they are hard not necessarily because they are difficult to understand but because they are difficult to do one of them jesus said if your eye offends you pluck it out pretty radical approach uh, but the idea is it's better to go into heaven whole than to hell uh, to heaven main rather and to hell whole this is one of the sayings that he said in the text that we read that if your brother offends you seven times not seven times in a year or seven times in a month in fact if a brother offends me seven times in a year that would be quite a lot i i don't know if anybody's ever offended me seven times in one year and that's one of the reasons why i try to stay away from facebook so nobody offends me over and over again. But not even seven times in a week, but seven times in a day. If your brother offends you, you are to forgive them seven times. And seven is not a number revealing a limitation. Well, you've, you've offended me eight times, so I, I can't go any further. But seven is the number of completion so however many times your brother or your sister offend you if they come to you seeking reconciliation you have a Christian obligation to forgive them but the Apostles understood the difficulty of this situation in fact there are some here who would understand it is difficult to forgive even the one time we've been offended. How many know what I'm talking about? Just the one time is a challenge. And so in response to this statement, the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. Amen. That, that's kind of how I feel sometimes if I have to forgive somebody. Oh, Lord, increase my faith. They, they are asking 
for an increase of faith, thinking that there is a correlation between forgiveness and faith. Amen. We think that faith is only for the working of miracles and faith is only to see the power of God, but we need faith uh, in order to heal our relationships. In, in enabling us to forgive others, it takes faith. Amen. You think, well, I don't know if I can forgive that person for what they said to me, what they did to me, but if you've got faith, God can help you. Amen. And, and they're asking for an increase of faith, thinking that in order to be able to do this, to forgive somebody that offended them, that they have to have a lot of faith. They're asking for an increase, thinking that they don't have enough faith in terms of quantity. But Jesus' response reveals that it's not about the quantity of faith that you need, but rather the quality of faith that is essential to be able, as he said, to speak to the sycamine tree. He said, you don't need a whole lot of faith, but all you need is a mustard seed of faith and you can speak to the tree and the sycamine tree will be plucked up from the roots and will be planted in the sea. Amen, amen. It's, we, can, we can easily overlook this, this story. We can easily pass by. But I want you to realize and recognize just how big the disparity and discrepancy between the size of the mustard seed and the size of a sycamine tree. He said, all you need, you don't need a quantity of faith. You need a quality because all you need is a little mustard seed and you can speak to the tree and it's got to go. Amen. I, I, I need to make some application here because I, I'm not sure you really understand what Jesus is talking about. Because a sycamine tree is something that is, is quite a significant tree. If you can get that picture up for us, uh, that would be great. Uh, sycamine tree. This is a sycamine tree uh, in Israel. And sycamine trees are known to have large and wide trunks. Uh, their foliage is, is thick and, and they have known to be uh, as old. They've known to grow as old as 600 years. 600 years. They have fruit that's like a fig tree. And what is so remarkable about this tree and the size of this tree is that its root system is so big and so large and so profound that it is known in all of Israel, in the Middle East, this tree, the sycamine tree, or in the West, we would call it a mulberry tree. Its root system is so large, it's known to have the largest root system in all of the, the trees that you can find in the Middle East. That the saying goes, that once a sycamine tree grows, you might as well leave it alone. Because you'll never be able to pluck up the tree because of its root system. Its root system are so large, it's been known to be the length of the height of the tree. 
And when its roots begin to stretch out, what it does, it begins to get entangled with other parts of its own root system. And then it would entangle with other roots that belong to other trees. And whatever solid it can find underneath the ground, that root system would become entangled uh, with that piece of solid that it would find. Amen. And so there's no way that you'll be able to pluck up this tree and remove it uh, if it's grown at all. Because of the root system that is so strong, it is so formidable that there is probably no way. Amen. It would be impossible. And Jesus is making a contrast here. He's saying that uh, you think something as large as that, you'd need something so big to be able to move that tree. But he said, all you need is faith as the size of a mustard seed and you will be able to speak and when you speak something will begin to happen under the surface those root systems will begin to untangle itself from whatever's got it bound and you can speak to that tree and the bible says that the tree doesn't say i always used to think that the tree will be thrown into the sea no it said it will be planted into the Pacific Ocean into the Mediterranean Sea oh hallelujah I don't know who I'm talking to today but can I tell you that whatever your situation is whatever your circumstance and problems of life that you have been entangled with all of these years some of you have been carrying issues for 10 years 30 years 40 years it could be 600 years that your soul has become entangled with the sins of this life with the addictions that have you with the problems and offenses and hurts and all kinds of things and on the inside you're tied up tangled up bound up with all kinds of things in your life whatever it is but I've come to tell you here today that if you've got just a little bit mustard seed of faith you've got the power and the authority by the word of God to speak into your circle circumstance and whatever it is whatever the entanglement of your life God will help you to begin to untangle all those things deep down in your spirit oh is there anybody in here that has a little mustard seed oh hallelujah you're always waiting until you get enough faith oh if i can just have a truckload of faith if i could just pray enough if i could just fast enough can i tell you that's just quantity faith but what i'm talking about is a quality faith in god hallelujah Oh, thank God that we're praying and fasting and we've got to. But can I tell you, sometimes our faith is resting on our prayers. We've got faith in our prayer ability. We've got faith in our fasting and we ought to fast. We ought to pray because that's how we talk to God. But that's quantity faith. And we think if I pray five hours and if I fast till my belly button falls off, then somehow God is going to give me the answer to my prayer 
prayers. That's quantity faith. But I'm talking about a quality faith that's not based on what I can do. It's not based on my prayers. It's not based on how much I fast. But quality faith is based upon the object of your faith. And the object of our faith is none other than the person of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And so I've come to help somebody today. Maybe you didn't pray much this week. Maybe you ate a little too much. It's okay. But if you can believe that God loves you, that my Savior is on your side, and you can believe you've got the power in your mouth to speak to your circumstance. Oh, hallelujah. You don't need a lot. That's the problem with prayer sometimes. We think, oh God, look, I did an hour. You ought to give me what I need. And could it be that our faith is based upon how much time we spend? That's based on us. Amen. That's why we need a lot of it. And I know there's a place for prayer and fasting. We need to be doing that. But don't get misaligned. Don't get the misconception that our faith is based upon our merit. This is not a merit-based system. This is a grace-based system. There's nothing you can do. Oh, but if you got a little mustard seed, if you say, God, I believe, I'm telling you contained in that seed is all the power that you need. Because it's the object of our faith that matters. Hallelujah. Our faith is not based on what we can do, but it's based upon the promises of his word. That's why Jesus is trying to reveal to them, guys, you want some more faith? You don't need more quantity. You need quality. Where is your faith, faith resting in? If it's rest, resting in your ability, then yes, you're going to need a whole lot of it. You want to see a miracle? We are often saturated in this society that is merit-based. If I'm good enough, then God will give to me. If I've ticked all the boxes this week, then God will bless me. If I prayed enough, you know, and, if I, and, and we should be doing all of those things. But, but don't let your confidence and trust rest on your ability because there will be days where you will forget to pray. Well, I've got a couple of honest people in here today. There will be times where, where you're going to break your fast a little earlier, like at breakfast. And somehow we walk around with this defeatist mentality because we failed. Oh, God can't give it to me this week because I, I didn't do my 20 hours this week and therefore I can't be blessed. Can I tell you, God is not some kind of machinery. He's not some kind of, of mechanism by which, oh, if I do this, if I do 20 hours equals blessings. No, our faith rests in the person of Jesus, that he is a, a God who loves, not a machine. He, he is a, a dynamic 
dynamic, awesome, powerful, organic being who's alive, who's real, who wants to have fellowship. He doesn't want to be seen as some kind of cosmic slot machine that we put a little money in there, pull the lever and say, come on, Jesus, give me a little something. No, he is a God who hears the cries of our hearts, who bottles up every tear from our eyes, who sees your discouragement. He sees you in your depression. He sees you when you're struggling with your anxiety. He knows the problems that you're in. And your God is a high priest that is touched by the feelings of our infirmities, of our pain. <laughs> little mustard seed here. Thank you, Sister Buddha. She gave me this little packet here. Mustard seed is so small. I don't know, can you all see that? I've got like about 10 or 6 in my hands. It, it is so tiny. Can you all see that? Hold on, I'm going to try for you. There you go. There, I, I, oh, I just. <laughs> in this little mustard seed of faith, it, can, it is so tiny. He said, that's all you need to speak to the tree. He didn't say he's going to speak to the tree. He says you speak to the tree. There it is again. If. We, God is not our servant. We are his servants. Amen. But if you can have just a little. In this tiny little seed. It's got everything. Oh, I lost it again. It's got everything that's contained in there. For that to become a tree. With trunks and roots and leaves. And lodging for the birds. Within this tiny capsule. You don't have to have very much. But it's where your faith lies in. You don't need very much. But if your faith rests upon God's word. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. God hallelujah if you can respond today I don't care if you didn't fast this week I don't care if you never prayed this week but if you need a miracle if you need something from God today before this service is through and you just have a little bit and say God I'm looking to you my eyes are fixed on the almighty I'm telling you you can be healed you can be set free Glory to God. Mustard seed faith. Not very much at all. Look. Sorry. Someone's looking at me. Who's going to clean that up later? Look at this. I don't know if you catch this. All right. I'm going to have to open this up a little bit more. Here we go. Ready? Set. You can add it to your curry. <laughs> add it to your hot dogs. Jesus said, that's all you need. You guys, you guys want something? Okay, here we go. I got plenty here. There you go. You ready? It's not very hygienic, but my hands are clean. I promise. <laughs> and so Jesus begins to 
explain to them. And, and this is what's always intrigued me is this parable. This parable is always, I've kind of always been stumped, stumped with this parable. I never really got what this parable is about and what it has to do with faith, with the mustard seed faith. He tells a story. He says, which one of you, he asked his disciples, that you have a servant. Now, of course, in the time of Jesus, that was in reference to an actual slave, a bond slave or an indentured slave. Uh, in that economy, it's different from today. We, obviously, slavery is illegal, it's immoral. But back in those days, in order for people to pay off a debt, uh, they, they could pay it off by becoming indentured slaves according to the Old Testament law. And so he says, which one of you that has a slave that goes out, works in the field, works as a shepherd, and then he finishes his chores and comes back in, which of you as a master will say, hey, Hey, servant, hey, slave, you sit down, I'm going to make you a little meal. I'll put some fried rice and a kebab or something. He goes, you don't do that. He says, they, they have to carry on. they got to keep serving you. And, and it says that they, uh, bring up verse, verse number 8, if you could. Verse number 8. It's somewhere there. It says, and will not rather say to him, make ready wherewith I may sup and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk and afterward you shall eat and drink. Said, I know you've done your chores, but you're the slave. And so now, you know, you got to feed me and then after that, then you can feed yourself. Pretty cruel. Again, this is quite foreign to us in our understanding in the 21st century. In verse 9, he says, does he thank the servant because he did the things which were... Does he thank the slave because that's what the slave's supposed to do? And Jesus said, no. That's his job. And then he says, so likewise you, when you have done all those things which are commanded you, you say we are unprofitable servants. That means we just did what we were supposed to do, which we have done our duty. And here's what God told me about how, what this has to do with faith. In order for you to produce the quality of faith, as much like this story, is as a servant, he put himself under the authority of the master. And I submit to you, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to have quality faith, you have got to come under the authority and submission, authority under God. Amen. You've got to come under spiritual authority. Amen. When you come under spiritual authority, when you are in a right relationship with God, there is a proper alignment between you and God. There's a faith, a quality faith that's produced in you because then the spirit and the power of God begins to flow in your life. Amen. Sometimes our prayers are not answered because we just want what we want and it's not in the will of God. It's not what God wants. But the first thing you've got to have is a spirit of will willingness to say God I submit myself to your authority come on somebody is there anybody in here you want to see the power of God he's not our servant he's the master we are the servants and we must put ourselves in a right relationship where we give him authority over our lives come on this this is different because we're living in a world of Christianity where it's consumer Christianity where people go shopping like they go shopping for shoes, I'll go shopping for church. Which church can give me a blessing? Which church can make me feel good? 
we, we've got this consumer mentality to church and we approach God with the same consumer mentality. Say, God, give me this with what I need. Give me that's what I need. Uh, can I tell you, that's not how it works. You've got to give your life to God. You've got to surrender authority. It's no longer you sitting on the throne. Otherwise, it will never work. But when you come to God, you must believe that he is. And you say, God, I'm going to get off the throne of my life and give you rulership, give you ownership. I give you authority to be my king. And when you do, can I talk to somebody right now? When you do, when you put him on the throne of your life, he'll help you. He'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. He'll give you the healing power. I've got to calm down. I'm sorry. Let me get to teaching a little bit. People have the role reversed. That's why the story is there. Because we take the place of the master. And God somehow becomes our servant or our slave. Give me this, Jesus. I need that. And we don't want to change our life. Because guess what? Guess who's still in the driving seat? You know, we need to sing that, that song. You know that old song, Jesus, take the wheel. He's got to be at the steering wheel. He's got to be sitting on the throne. You've got to move yourself. And when you do, I'm telling you, that's when faith will rise. That's when that mustard seed kind of faith to believe. Can I talk to somebody? If you don't know Jesus right now, if you've never had the gift of the Holy Ghost, you've never had your sins washed away, if you simply make that decision today to say, God, you are my king. I am your servant. I am your subject. Oh, I'm telling you, there's a blessing that flows. There's a power of faith not very much faith you may not know very much you haven't read the whole bible but if you've got just one mustard seed to say god i believe in you i believe what this preacher is saying hallelujah something powerful happened in your life you can receive the gift of the holy ghost amen and and not only do we submit to God, but we have to submit to spiritual authority in the church. I don't like talking about this because it sounds self-serving. But I cannot not say it because it's in the Bible. You can't rip that out of the Bible. But we have to submit. The Bible says, obey them that have the rule over you. Why don't you put that up in Hebrews? Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy. One day I'm going to have to stand before God and he's going to ask me, what did you do with that church? That, I'm going to have to give an account. So if, I, if you find like I'm stalking you and say, hey bro, where are you? Or our, our leaders, our, our staff, our, our pastors, if they're, if they're calling you, they're not stalking you. We've got to give an account. Amen. Say, well, that guy stopped coming to church. Why didn't you go find him? Why didn't you go chase him? Amen. We're going to have to give an account of what we did for those who are not walking with God. So that's why he says, submit yourselves and obey so that we can have some joy. And not with grief. But that is unprofitable for you. 
And here's the deal. When you submit to spiritual authority, and again, I'm, you know, I don't like preaching about money because the stigma of churches about money, but money is in the Bible. I'm sorry. It's there. You can't, you can't delete it. It is there, but we don't want to abuse it. But, but listen to me. Uh, what, what the Bible tells us is that when we are in submission to authority, God gave us the fivefold ministry. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. All of which are to edify the body of Christ, to equip the church. God's given us this authority, given us these offices. And for a purpose, that we would submit ourselves one to another. Because we have to submit to God... But then we also got to submit to people, people with flesh and blood. Not because they're, we like them or they've got a nice haircut or, you know, I like his shoe. No, but because it's the authority that God gives. And when you place yourself under the authority of the church, it becomes like an umbrella. An umbrella that covers us, that protects us. Because there will be times where you won't like the, the preaching that comes from this pulpit. There will be times where you don't like the music. There will be times where, where I don't like his haircut. Or maybe, you know, he's fashioned too much. His breath stinks. Whatever it is. But when you are under the authority of the church, you are covered by the umbrella. You know, John Bevere talked about this undercover, right, many years ago. And he said, when you come away from the authority, you are now no longer under the umbrella of protection but you are now susceptible to whatever comes. Amen. You may not always agree with your leader or your pastor. And I, I had this experience at times. You know, we all did. We didn't always agree with Brother Slack, uh, our, the, our late great bishop. And, and we wonder, we're scratching our heads, you know, his staff, was, why is he doing what he's doing? Uh, but we dare not come away from under his authority. Because if he is wrong, he gets the blame. I'm under the umbrella. I get protected. If he's doing something wrong between him and God, God will, will deal with him, but I'm protected. Amen. Amen. And that's our obligation when we submit ourselves one to another to the authority of God and the church. We put ourselves under the umbrella of protection. And, and, and there's a unity that takes place. There is a oneness. Hallelujah. And so you've got to place yourself under authority and the second thing that they did here's the other application to take away that i'm taking from this this uh, story is that those uh disciples those slave the slave didn't say well listen uh look i've done what i can now you need to pay no that's what he was supposed to do what we, what we are supposed to do what we're supposed to do when we've been serving God, we've been living for him, coming to church, opening our Bibles every day, praying, and think, well, now, you know, God, you owe me a little something. I hope nobody's got that kind of attitude. Look, look God, I fasted 21 days. You owe me. He said, no, that is your duty to do. You are an unprofitable. It doesn't mean you're not any good. It means that it's, you're not in this to profit self. What we do serving God, giving to the poor, praying for others, coming to the house of God, that is merely our duty to do. He doesn't owe us anything. We are still his servants. And what we've got to do, and here it is, very simple. The key to quality faith is simply obedience. 
The slaves did what they were supposed to do. I, I, I racked my brains with this, with this story, trying to figure out what in the world does this mean? I, I've read this for years. I, that was my prayer, God, I'm just an unprofitable servant. Not really understanding what it means. But the key to your faith of quality is obedience. Because here's what James says, faith without works is dead. But he said, show me your faith by your actions, your works. And the key to the quality faith, not very much, is simply saying, yes, sir. I'll do what I have to do. Faith and obedience go together like a hand and a glove. Like a horse and carriage, as they say, like marriage. <laughs> Amen. You can't have faith without obedience. It's just merely a mental assent, but it is dead. It is just intellect. But when you put feet, when you put legs to that faith and bring obedience, then that's when you have quality faith. That's when you have that mustard seed and you have the power to speak to your circumstance. Come on, somebody. I've come to help you. Some of you look all pretty and nice wearing your Sunday best but underneath there's all these entanglements there's all these things that got you bound you've been bound up tied up wrapped up oh but if you believe in God and obey his word you can speak come on you can you can speak to the shame and say shame amen I, I am who I am by the grace of God God has made me somebody hallelujah I've got to wrap this up. Musicians, please come give these folks some hope. It's my first closing. I usually have three. One landing gear is down. Got to wait for the other two wheels. <laughs> Brother Greg, he's like, he says, like, it's like that plane on the, uh, uh, on the aircraft carrier that comes in and it takes off again. <laughs> Obedience. Very simple. You don't have to, we, 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 we have this idea that we obey once we got all of our ducks lined up. You know what God told Abraham? Abraham, leave. Abraham didn't say, uh, well, you got to let me know first. See, this is what we would say. If we were Abraham, I'd be like, okay, God, the address, uh, uh, how much will I get paid? Um, am I going to get a car with this? Is we got to have it all. Quantity faith. I can believe if I can get the guarantee. But he said, go. And Abraham simply said, okay. He took the first step. And listen to me. God will never show him anything more unless he was willing to take the first step. We want it all mapped out. We want to see where's my pension plan? How much superannuation am I going to get? And you know, who's going to go with me? And said, so, well, God, I got to do this stuff. He said, no, simply go. And when he obeyed, then God began to show him more and more. Amen. It's like, remember life studies? It's like, you know, in the 80s, how many, how many of you old folks remember the 80s discos? Remember those discotheques? They have lights on the floor. Remember that? Those panels of lights. And, you know, John Travolta was Saturday Night Fever, you know? Uh, whatever. He said, walking with God, we want to see all of the lights 
lifted and all lit up so that we can know which way we're going to go. He said, no, I'm not going to show you the next light until you take a step. And when you take a step, well, I don't know what's going to happen if I step away from the seat and come to this altar. You know, I don't know whether, you know, I'm going to be embarrassed, I'm going to be ashamed. You got to take a step. And then God showed him. King Saul, King David, Saul was somebody who took himself away from the authority of God. And when God told him to go and kill the Amalekites, kill all of them from the king to, to the cattle. And instead, he, 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 he killed them, he destroyed them, but, but he left the king alive and he left the cattle alive. Out of his rebellious heart, he took the cattle and the sheep and all of the livestock and he sacrificed unto God. Look at that, God. Showed the whole world. He had the king of the Amalekites in a chain showing the whole world how powerful he was. And what the word of God came to him. You know what it said? You know what God said? He said, to obey is better than to sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Because you can sacrifice and still be disobedient. You can put money in the bucket and still have a rebellious heart. Al Capone, you know the mobster back in the 20s and 30s? He built hospitals in Chicago. Was he a good man? No, he was still a crook. You can do good things. It's not your sacrifice, but it's your obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Come on, somebody. When you hear the voice of God, obey. You might not have all the answer. Don't have to wait until you have a truckload of faith and you got a barrel load. But if you can just have a mustard seed, just a mustard seed faith, I'm telling you, you can speak to that. Oh, I wish I had time to talk about the sycamine tree. What's got you bound? I got to wrap this up. Some of you, you got to have lunch. I know, I'm sorry. But I, I, I got to tell this. I, I got to sit, sit down for a moment. I'm sorry, guys. I, I, get, I get a message from Brother Sione the other day. Where are you at, Sione? There he is. Come over here, son. Come over here. I want you to tell these folks what God spoke to you that morning. Tell us what happened. Hallelujah. We serve a mighty God. His grace is sufficient. His mercies are new every morning. And great is His faithfulness. Hallelujah. On Thursday morning, I uh, planned to read, read the Word and get into prayer. But I felt the Lord say, uh, just get out of your room. And uh, so I planned to, uh, I lost my ATM card. So I went to the bank and um, ordered a new card and um, I said oh maybe I'll I've got time to burn so I'll go along to a bookstore that we used to go to years ago it wasn't Kurong, it was just the old uh, bookstore in, in Rockdale and there uh, I met uh, I saw a sign and on the sign it said closed closed in 2019 and I was like oh spewing I turned around to walk away and there was this 
uh, there was a couple and I bumped into them and they were from Brisbane and they wanted to share the gospel to uh, their daughter. His name was Mick and uh, his wife was Jane and we got into conversation and um, they said, you know, uh, do you know any bookstores around this area? And I said, Kurong, of course. He said, nah, we've got Kurong in Brisbane. Do you know anywhere else? And I go, yeah, uh, 24 Harp Street. We have a bookstore. I'm sure Sister Gina wrote 50 books or something. <laughs> so I quickly sped and got here to church and I went upstairs and told Brother Greg, Brother Greg, there's this uh, couple coming. They are, where, where's the bookstore? Is there a couple books? And I said, Brother Sione, we only got like four or five books. <laughs> Praise God, that will do. Within five minutes, they came in and uh, they connected well with Brother Greg. They were from uh, Brother Greg's hometown. They did a couple things there and they connected well. And I, I, told, I told him, you grab whatever books that I hear, grab a couple t-shirts, it's on the house. <laughs> you should have seen Brother Greg's face. <laughs> Took him for a tour, explained the history, the Bogues, the missionaries from America, 1953. Took him uh, Bishop Slack, the photos, if you ever get the chance, please have a look at the photos and um, get someone to explain the history. We have a rich history here. Amen. Amen. Brought him into the sanctuary and there's, there's people that are tilling in the ground in the unseen. There's a Monday night prayer group praying. There's people praying for every seat that you're sitting on. God's moving. Amen. They came, they sat down over here in this section and in this section they were testifying about the goodness of God. And they were telling me, he, um, Mick said that uh, he uh, was a, a Freemason. He said he was a Mormon. And uh, his wife said that she was an atheist. And they were talking about the conversion of their, uh, of their faith. And uh, I was just sitting there just listening. And then Mick said something. He said, I, I won't forget I was uh, baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I said, well, come again. <laughs> this is why our paths cross. Just told him the spirit fell. There is power in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There is a deliverance in the name of Jesus. The providence in the name of Jesus. It's all funneled in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. As 412 says, there is no other name given among, under heaven given among men that we must be saved. I walked over to this baptismal pool. Hallelujah. And in this baptismal pool, I said, you must be baptized in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. For the remission of your sins. Hallelujah. Jean looked over to Mick and Mick and Jean said, I have a song in my head, impressed by the Holy Spirit. Run to the waters. Church, they got their books, they got their t-shirts, they got the name of Jesus. Someone give Him glory. Hallelujah. Come on, that's mustard seed faith. Woo! Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Stand to your feet right now. Hallelujah. Last, last Sunday, Brother Sione went to a, a town church. He preached there along with Sister Mella and a few others, young man. Five people received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Sister Mel is going to preach there this afternoon. Come on. 
Brother Mo, Sister Sharon, they couldn't be here today, but God's opened the door for them to Sister Sharon's mom's church. They're leading prayer meeting every week, leading them, praying them, going to pray them through to the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, God's opening doors. We just simply have to step out by faith. Come on, stand to your feet right now. Hallelujah, lift your voices. If you've got some things in your life and you believe the quality of your faith resting in Jesus, you can speak to your circumstance. You need to give the Holy Ghost. He can fill you with his Holy Spirit. You need to repent of your sins. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Today, if you respond in faith, God can heal you. He can touch you. He can wash away your sins. I'm going to open this altar, but before I do, I'm going to pray. And I want you to respond. Right now, lift your voices in prayer. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for what you're doing in this church, for the stirring that's going on in the body of Christ, to believe, to have faith, Lord God. The quality of our faith resting in you, in your goodness, in your grace, and in your great promises. Lord, right now, Lord God, we ask that you would give us that faith as we step out, as we believe, as we speak with our mouths, as we declare for ourselves your healing, your deliverance, your virtue to flow in this house. I pray, Lord, that we would repent of our sins, that we would give our life over to you, and that we would come under your authority and in obedience to your word. Hallelujah. I've got to stop. But is there anybody in here that's heard from God? And God is calling you to be obedient to what he's calling you to do. I want you to step out of your seat and find a place at this altar. If you want the gift of the Holy Spirit, he can fill you. If you need healing, he can do that. But why don't you make yourself in the right alignment with God? Put yourself under his authority. Right now in the name of Jesus. Again, the if is yours. The ball is in your court. What you do with what you hear, out of your obedience to God, he will respond to you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Jesus calls out to you and I with the invitation to come unto me, all of you that are weary and are heavily laden, and I will give you rest for your soul. Let's sing it. Let's reach out to God all over this house. Oh, bless the Lord, bless the Lord.